What's up, everyone? This is Lexi Nirvana, and you're listening to the Mitch Darrow Show. Check out my newest single called Tu Me Dices featuring RMK in all digital platforms. This song really speaks about problems, how sometimes they want to tell us who we are and dictate our, our actions and everything that we do. But the only one that can tell you who you really are is, is God. He's the one that made you. He's the one that knows you. So having a relationship with him, coming into his presence, you will know who you are. I hope this song really speaks to you. God bless you. So you living that thug life, drug life, gang banging. You know what getting hit with the slugs like. Rough life, filling schools and abandoned buildings. Guns and crack all around disadvantaged children. Fam, I've been around the world, ain't a single hood. Quite like Southside shot Inglewood. Been doing ministry here for a couple years. In Chicago, shed more than a couple tears. Racism, segregation causing more stress. My first four months here, I seen four deaths. In the trap, I want to see him get the Lord's best. But most churches here, steady spewing out more mess. Yo, what up, everybody? This is Mitch Durrell, and welcome to the Mitch Durrell Show. We've been gone for a while. I think the last one I did, it was definitely in 2022. Uh, but we are on episode 29 right now, which is crazy. Um, we've got a brand new guest, somebody who's brand new to me, which I think this is going to be exciting. Goes by the name Justin Martyr. What is up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on? And uh, glad to be the first guest of 2023. I'm on it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I already like you because you got dreads like me. Yep. Um, <laughs> so this is, is cool. This is one of the first ones where I, I'm not super familiar with you, but I kind of like that because then... You know, it, it's kind of a challenge for me. And also, I'm going to get to learn about a completely brand new artist. Like, whenever I react to songs from artists I haven't heard of, it's my favorite. Because I'm like, I don't know this person. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I'm going to learn. So that's how I feel about this interview. So first question, probably a basic question. How did you... Actually, you know what? Let me not do that. Let me do... This is, this is Christian hip-hop. How did you become a Christian? How That's always my... Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask because everybody's got a different story. I have not heard the same story twice. Yeah, and it's an excellent uh, story and question. So uh, believe it or not, uh, I was saved at four years old mm-hmm. and I was baptized at five. So my dad, I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida. I live in Chicago in the last 10 years. but wow, um, That's different. <laughs> yeah, lived in Atlanta briefly too. Uh, my dad was a pastor and yeah, I grew up in church and even at a young age, as, as long as I can remember, you know, I always believed that Christ died and rose again, but I, I made that uh, profession of faith and trusted Christ at four years old, was baptized at five and uh, that's how I became a Christian. Now from five to about, you know, 18, 19 now, sadly, I wasn't discipled in church, so right, right. went to public school, you know, everybody trying to be a, a gangster and all that, so that with peer pressure, girls, things like that, but yeah. by God's grace, owned my faith, solidified it around late teens. Nice. Um, but yeah, but I'm I'm one of the the guys who has a boring testimony, and I thank nah. God. That. No, no, no. I know, I know. It's a, <laughs> I don't really mean that, but I, I thank God. I I know I don't want to have to went to jail to come to Christ. Yeah. I want to have to got shot a few times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have baby mamas all over. 
praise God for my brothers and sisters in faith. That's your testimony. Amen. But uh, I relate more to the truth, you know, or, or the ambassador. You saved at a real young age and kind of uh, went from there. So tell me how, because you said, you know, at, at four or five, you kind of, like, I don't even rem remember most of, my, most of my life until like age five. Like, how do you, what makes you, why do you believe that you were at that age, you were so under, like you understood it and you were ready to be like, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like Jesus said, man, uh, you know, we have to humble ourselves like children to come into the kingdom. And he says, you know, suffer, you know, not the children, you know, come to me. The, the disciples were shooing them away, man, get out of the way, y'all little right. kids. And Jesus is like, nah, to come <laughs> like to the now, kingdom, you gotta be like a child, you gotta humble yourself. So even at a young age, yeah, sure, I didn't know the depth of sin and all that, but it was like, yo, I'm hearing this story of, of this man, Jesus, who died for me, he rose again, I can be saved. Now, I ain't gonna lie, I grew up a Caribbean Pentecostal, my parents were both from wow. Jamaica, and so it was a lot of hell, fire, and brimstone, so yeah, I wasn't yeah, that scared yeah. of hell, I'll be honest. But, hey, we should be scared of hell, mm -hmm. you know? It, it shouldn't be... Like people come against the fire and brimstone preacher, but I'm like fire and brimstone is in the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it can't yeah. be everything that's unbalanced. But and so even at that young age, man, I, I trusted Christ. And then, you know, the like living for the world never really appealed to me. Like mm -hmm. people sleeping around doing all this, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I was not a virgin when I got married, but I wasn't wilding out either. Yeah. So, like I saw friends, you know, getting you know, having overdoses and, and getting mm -hmm. drunk and, and kids really young when they weren't ready. And it was always dumb to me. I'm like, why would I do that? Right. And so, um, so God kept me, man. And, you know, and in my music journey at a very young age, God really uh, accelerated it to where as a teenager, I was doing shows even in other countries, you know, we'll get into more of that word network, getting on TV mm -hmm. in different places at a, so I was busy, really, 15, 16 years old, doing shows, making beats, traveling. And so I, I really wasn't sitting around kind of trying to experiment. Getting in trouble, yeah. People. And one last thing, too. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> one of my favorite uh, pastors, he says, um, uh, a lot of times we doubt that a child can understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. And he said, what makes us think adults can understand the gospel? That's facts. <laughs> like it's a supernatural regeneration of the Holy Spirit for us to even understand the gospel. So um now if a child professes, I agree people should walk with them and make sure they bear that fruit into adulthood. Don't get me wrong, like don't be naive, like, oh my four-year-old said he's saved and then they're ready. <laughs> yeah, by seven, he's just wilding out, game banging. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, now yeah. we need to wonder, okay, was that a genuine profession? But we should walk with people and you know. Yeah, so it was my decision to get baptized. I didn't, uh, no one pressured me or asked me. And right. I was probably the youngest in the whole church. I never saw a kid that young. Uh, everybody so, so I'm interested in, was there a specific moment? Because I feel like a lot of people that either say they grew up going to church or even like you kind of got um, baptized early, once they get a little older and maybe start to fall more into sin, there's usually a moment that kind of snaps you back and it's like, yo, nah, like I really got to put, like, was there a moment like that? Or you just got to a certain age where you're like, why am like, I need to really oh, stay yeah. on the course, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So great question. And yeah, like so many others, I did come to a point at like 18, 19 where I was like, yo, am I, I'm basically just a Christian because my parents raised me that right, way. Right, they raised right. me Buddhist, I'd be a Buddhist. They raised me Muslim, I'd be a Muslim. And so, uh, 
I went to, I did an associate degree in political science and at the school I went to in Broward County, Florida, uh, we took a world religion class. And what made this uh, class amazing was it wasn't from a Christian perspective. They actually bashed Christianity more than any other religion. And then we actually went to the different religious sites. So I went to a mosque, spoke to the Imam, which is their version of a pastor. He answered question. I went to the Buddhist temple. We learned some Egyptology stuff in a planetarium. And so I was able to actually compare different religions. And I was ready to say, if Christianity is found to be false, I will exit. Mm -hmm. But by God's grace, I saw that Jesus was unique. You know, Yeshua, he, he stood uh, <laughs> unique from all world religions. Like the things he claimed, no one else claimed. He yeah. died, he rose again. He said, I'm going to do it too. You know, that I'm going to die and rise again. And then did it. Um, you know, the impact he had on the world. And then number one, Jesus gives a guarantee that if you follow me, you can have a place in heaven. Amen. You know, Muhammad couldn't do that. Muhammad didn't even know if he was going to paradise because it's up to Allah to weigh the good and the bad. Um, and you could be the most faithful Muslim and Allah could say, nope, I just choose to throw you in heaven. <laughs> right. uh, Buddhism, you know, reincarnation. You know, as I just studied, and I grew up in a highly Jewish community in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement for once a year. You know, they don't have assurance. So I look right, at exactly. like, wow, no one really has assurance except a, a Christian because <laughs> Jesus died and rose again. I'm like, why would I waste my time in a religion that admits yeah, <laughs> you can't we, we guarantee nothing? That's a waste of my time. So, yeah, so I was able to affirm Christianity, but then a whole other story was there was a lot of error in the doctrine I was being taught growing up. So that was its own journey as well. Yeah. And Christian hip hop was the first um, introduction to sound theology where cats are rapping about church history, like the ambassador. That's my hero in the faith. Um, he, he was rapping about... Um, you know, all kind of amazing theology. And then in Flame, he had an album called mm -hmm. Rewind in 2005. He rapped about hermeneutics and the Council of Nicaea. And he was rapping about some deep stuff i never heard of, <laughs> uh, modalistic Minorcianism. And I'm just like, yo, what is this stuff? But right. this is great. And I'm an intellectual like you. And so it always captivated me. Yeah. Wow. Like, because I grew up, everything was supernatural. Like, you know, you cough mm -hmm. wrong twice. Oh, you got a demon of cough. You <laughs> You're getting to get delivered. You know what I'm saying? Are you, you know, and I'm like, okay, uh, well, I'm hearing about science and history and kind of more into that. So when I yeah, found yeah, that yeah. there was a, a way to bring your faith in, in, in archeology span and history and all this together, I was like, okay, that's, that's where I want it. Right. It all fits together. So well, kind of perfect segue. So I always start with like the, how'd you become a Christian? And then, the second is like, how did you find out that Christian hip hop was a thing? Because so my story is that and it kind of shocks people. I've really only been in the space for like five, six years because I didn't know it existed before then. Like, I've only really been making music for six, seven years. The first year I was just making music that was from my perspective, which was a Christian. But I didn't really call it Christian hip hop. I wasn't really setting out to make that. I was just a Christian rapping about what he knows, which is God. And then it was like, you know, there's a whole community of people that make like Christian hip hop. I was like, what? I had heard of Lecrae, but I didn't really know that there was a like, whole space for it. So like, how did you find that? Was it something you found earlier? And what made yeah, you yeah. want to be so, a part of it? So I have one of the few guys who actually grew up in Christian hip hop my whole mm -hmm. life and mainstream together. Wow. You know, some people use the word secular. Secular just means non-religious. So I like the word mainstream more because, mm -hmm. um, you know, all secular isn't bad, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, some of my, you know, traditional people. Yes, uh, 
Conjunction, junction, what's your function? That's secular. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's secular. It's not religious, <laughs> but it's, it, it's not evil. It's sinful. Now we got some evil stuff. You know, kill, mm-hmm. cook, kill, rob, rob, rob. That That's evil. So, um, yeah. Uh, shout out to my oldest sister. I'm the youngest of four. My oldest sister was 10 years older than me. She was into Christian hip hop. So literally my whole life, I grew up listening to Michael Peace, um, uh, Mike E, uh, Gospel Gangsters, T-Bone, DC Talk. You know what I'm saying? This was even before Cross Movement. This is way yeah. before the crazy. Like, I'm the guy who who went to see Cross Movement on tour, and I'm like, yo, who's this tall, skinny guy yeah. jumping around with Craig? Get out the way so I can come see, you know, Ambassador and, and Fanatic and, and Cross Movement. That's who I want to see. Like, hey, this is Craig guy's good. And, you know, but um, that that's so I, I my whole life, so... As a kid, the earliest hip hop memory I have is probably MC Hammer. You can't touch this. Wow. Crisscross jump, and then uh, probably I'll be good by the Gospel Gangsters and uh, wow. you know, some T Bone stuff. You know, so um, yeah, so that that's me. So my whole life I've been into Christian hip hop. So it was never a time where I discovered. See, I'm jealous <laughs> of that just because, like, I wonder how I. So I wasn't even a hip hop person until really like high school my dad was never my parents aren't really hip-hop people um i grew up listening to like sting and the police and like pink floyd rush uh dave matthews band so i love music and i ended up my dad was a drummer i ended up doing drum stuff and band and drumline i listened to a lot of bands and then when i got to middle school that was when lil wayne became like the king of everything like he was on everything so it was one of those things where okay you can't avoid listening to it and i was like i love lil wayne like i i only cared about wayne i didn't listen to anybody else but wayne as i got older i started listening to more artists and became like a hip-hop head and i'm not gonna say stop listening to the stuff i grew up listening to but i didn't listen to it much um but i didn't even then it took maybe like five or six more years for me to notice that christian hip-hop was a thing so i'm jealous of you when did you get into making music yourself was that something you did from a younger age or later in life yeah, so God gave me a gift. It's funny you bring up drums. I started playing the drums at 11 months old. What? Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. There's a video of me kicking my brother off who's three years older than me. <laughs> and I became the church drummer at five. Like, literally, there were times people were looking over trying to see who's on the set. That they couldn't kid. see. I was so small. They couldn't see me on the set. And it was literally like a prodigy thing. Um, I won my first drum competition at seven. And even now I'm a full-time drummer and pastor and artist. And so, um, so first it was drums and then, and what's crazy, that's nothing. Like I have friends that at seven had perfect pitch, which is where you could hear someone sing a note and you know what note it is without a keyboard or anything. Yeah. They, like I had homies at seven, eight years old were music directors at the church. They played the Mm. organ, drums, bass with no lessons. It literally was just God. Like I have like three, four friends like that. And I'm just like, like, I could amaze people by God's grace with just drums. They could amaze them. They could sing. They could rap. They could make... Oh, <laughs> play like, the bass. They, they play bass, drum. Like, one of my homies, I'm from Florida. You're from Carolina, so you know about mm. hurricanes. He didn't mm. play bass. The hurricane came. I think Rita wanted him. And then he taught himself bass in the downtime while we ain't had power. <laughs> That's crazy. And when he started playing, it's not like he's playing like a second grader. No, he's, he's already a 10th grader. And he's wow. been playing for a week. So I grew up in that type of environment. And it was pre- predominantly gospel, um, but there was some Caribbean music because, you know, parents are Jamaican. So sometimes mm-hmm. we we'll Caribbeanize, uh, you know, African-American gospel song. But um, so it was a mixture 
of gospel, reggae, hip hop all together. And so, um, so yeah, I started out as a drummer, uh, eventually got into sax and trumpet and um, started writing, wrote my first song at 11 years old. And I started making beats around 12, 13 years old. And man, wow. uh, it was tough in the beginning, man. Way before the DAWs, the digital audio mm-hmm. workstations, yeah. FL Reason, all that, Pro Tools. Man, you had to go into a physical studio. Right. And I started with the MPC 2000, I think, XL. You had to load the sounds with a floppy disk. Wow. And man, when you wanted to separate your beats, you know, now we got the stems. You had to literally, like, put the, man, it through a mixing board and, like, literally go through the whole song. Mute. Mute the hi-hat. Mute okay. everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. I can't imagine. Yeah, bro. Like, you know, I saw some of your music. I was just right on Spotify. I'm like. Man, bro, it, it was a lot harder to get noticed. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. I started in, in the early 2000s, it was a lot harder to, to you know, no internet really, or, you know, mm-hmm. it's infancy. So you're, now you could just post something and the whole world could see. You see it, you know yeah. Saying? We take it for granted. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, and, you... and, oh, real quick. And I, I was into other forms of music, like Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. some of those guys. I know about Def Leppard and Pink Floyd because nice. I'm a musician, so I can hear some of the Beatles intricacies of the music, but the, the main genres were like gospel, jazz, reggae, and hip hop. Gotcha. So do you kind of, trying to think, do you consider yourself like a part of the landscape of Christian hip hop now? Do you feel like you're kind of like an, uh, not an offshoot, but kind of in your own sort of space? Cause I kind of noticed that there's, there's like the, so I love Rapzilla, shout out Rapzilla. There's the people who are like a little bit younger, specifically trying to like kind of cater to the rapzilla's crowd i got friends that made freshmen they're kind of gearing towards the younger more trappier sound you being older and a little more musical do you feel like i feel like i haven't heard your name which doesn't mean anything that just means um you know i don't know everybody but do you feel like you're kind of more in a in a elevated or graduated kind of space of christian hip-hop do you are you on like the is Rapzilla, like, do you feel like that's your type of crowd? Do you feel like you're doing something that's a little more unique? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. So when I came in the game, there was no Rapzilla. Yeah. So, and, you know, I know you're from North Carolina, so I kind of feel like uh, I'm in the more J. Cole, Kendrick age mm-hmm. generation. So a lot of people forget hip-hop's about four or five generations deep now. Yeah. First generation, which was like uh, DJ Cool Herc, um, Africa Bombada, KRS One, and then you got the generation under them, which is like the Nas, Jay Z's, Eminem. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Kendrick Cole Drake generation, which is me, the KB, the Andy Age people, and then under that is probably I would assume maybe you, the What Up RG mm-hmm. type, you know that age, right. one day. and then under that would be like little kids, you know. So um, I just actually had my latest single has been posted by Raptor. Nice. My, my latest single is called. Uh, uh, Cold Streets featuring three, which was a Rapzilla freshman. You know, yeah. he's, he's probably, you know, flirting with 30 by the I time. I love three. <laughs> so, so Rapzilla freshman, sometimes the guys be a little older. Like, their, their latest cypher was like, they, I was surprised the kind of rap the guys were doing because they yeah. were pretty explicit. Christ, and most of them looked a little older, 25 and older. So, um, but, you know, I, I could appreciate talent no matter what age. Um, so, yeah, I don't really... I do do trap stuff, but I do all kind. I do boom bap, I do reggae, I do uh, gospel, I do jazz, I do all kind of different stuff. But you know, I love turning up. I'm from the south now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I still love to 
you know, I, a good show, you need to bust my eye with your elbow. You know, <laughs> that's a good, you know, turn up. But um, so I, I, I cater all kind of different crowds. You know, I have a master's degree in, in theology, pastoral ministry. Wow. I went to Booty Bible Institute and seminary. So I make theological music. Like I might make a song I'm talking about, you know, I had songs where I rapped in Greek and Hebrew and mm. talked about all kind of deep stuff. But then I have other songs that I'm shopping to the NBA. I have a song called Who Ballin' that's all about basketball. Right. Like, I don't even name Christ in it at all, but I'm shopping it to the NBA ESPN. So I try to um, combine the ambassador crossing with Shylin approach mm-hmm. and the Lecrae kind of have fun approach. Like I saw with some of your music, let's have yeah. fun. So some songs are serious and some songs I like to have fun as well. So, and this, that's perfect because I, the conversation I have a lot, so, so I have my rap should be fun projects. And there's a lot of reasons I kind of made those. But one is I feel like there's a group of fans and artists, but a lot of fans who feel like we shouldn't be allowed to make songs that that don't mention Christ. And I always wonder how artists feel about that, because it's like, I understand if you're if you're in Christian hip hop. And I saw Ruslan say this recently. If you're in Christian hip hop and you never want to mention that you're a Christian or you're or God or religion, then that doesn't really make sense. Like, <laughs> then we joke about the you're a Christian who raps. It's like, okay, you're you're never gonna mention it. Then like, what's the point of being a Christian hip hop? But at the yeah. same time, I feel like not every song has to be explicitly about Christ. I should be able to be a Christian and make a song that's clean. It's not gonna be sinful, exactly. but it could just be about. I have a song about Klondike bars. It's just why? Because why not? You you like an yeah. NBA song? You said so. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like we should be able to make songs about whatever as long as they don't really cross that line? Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I've fluctuated over the years and I grew up like heavy Pentecostal legalism where it's like, mm-hmm. no, it must be this way. And there was no real liberty. And there, there's a good amount of gray when it comes to certain liberties, like mm-hmm. uh, case in point, right? It was so interesting. My brother got married uh in phoenix in uh 2020 like the two weeks before the pandemic oh man (laughs) um so we're a jamaican american family um his wife is half african-american half ethiopian and it was so Mm. crazy to see that her family the same age as my parents were going dancing going crazy sweating man and and it's funny because the dance they did was just like black panther just to show oh wow (laughs) just like it it's so funny i'm like wow i look at my parents i'm like yo I know why y'all never dance. Like, with, right. my dad's like, you know, when we were that age, dancing wasn't a thing. Like, mm-hmm. But they're your age, though. <laughs> but it was a cultural understanding. It was theological and cultural. And so mm-hmm. um, I've grown in my understanding that I think the best way to do music as a Christian is to present the gospel and to be explicit in your music. But I understand people have freedom mm-hmm. uh, to not ever mention Christ. Because I do think there's a place for positivity. I think there's a place for people to talk about how they grew up um i think one critique i have of the era of christian hip-hop i came in was that you barely ever heard of anyone's family and how they grew up yeah yeah, you didn't know who was married who had kids uh, who who was gangbanging before they got saved who was and i would credit um the cray and some of the early the cray and and certain guys flame were kind of talking more about that type of stuff Mm -hmm. but then i felt like there is a generation that um, lacks discipleship and shepherding and it's kind of the wild wild west in many ways yeah and so i feel like there should be that balance like mm-hmm. um because it, it was getting rough for a while man because 
a few, like maybe six to eight years ago, it was like, you get this if you're explicit about Christ. Ah, oh, come yeah. on, what are you doing? So um, there's always been people on different um, ends of the spectrum. So I, I just try to show grace. And I do think my conviction is to make explicit Christian hip hop as much as possible. But I definitely think there's a space uh, for someone who says, man, I mainly want to make music and perform in, in the secular clubs and I want to build relationships behind the scenes. I think there's a place for that. But yeah, then it get, yeah. does get tricky because you look 10 years later, it's like, has anyone gotten Have saved? You done? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where's the fruit? So, you know, yeah. I think, it, I think artists need to be honest about exactly what their goal is. Yeah. Um, for example, I, me and I have some friends that are this way. I, I'd probably be lying if I said my goal is to use my music, specifically my music, to save as many people as possible. When I feel like I'm good, I go you know, to my local church, I'm good at speaking, I can give a sermon if needed. I feel like that's more of my talent as far as trying to actually, and that and just my witness and building relationships with people. I feel like that's what God gave me that's best suited to helping save people. I think my music can do that as well. But I, like I said, I'd be being dishonest if I said, I, the goal of my music specifically is to do that. If I, I feel like if it were my main goal, I might would make explicitly Christian and gospel music way more often. Like I'd probably be a gospel artist, if that makes sense. Yeah, All yeah. of my songs would probably be about that because that's my only goal. It's one of my goals. And it's something that I feel like helping people in general is something I can do with my music. But also I like rapping because it's fun to do. <laughs> it's a it fun is. thing to do. I like having fun. It brings joy to other people. Um, I don't want to be on the opposite end where I'm using it in a negative way and making exactly. people fall away. But yeah. I feel like if I can be honest and say, okay, I do music because I feel like God made me good at it. I do music because it's really fun to do and it's cathartic for me. I make music because I feel like I can help people both just in their personal lives and helping to bring them to Christ with certain songs or certain projects. Then I feel like I, I'm not going to feel bad if I make a song one day that's about nothing, a song the next day that's about my personal life something the next day that's more geared towards helping somebody learn about Christ. It's the, the problem is if you lie to yourself and you're like, I'm a Christian rapper because I want to save as many people as possible. And then you never mention God or you never, yeah. to, to, it's like, well, what is your goal? Or if the other end is, oh, I just want to get big and popular and I'm going to put the Christian label on it. Uh, but I'm never really gonna, I don't really care about people. I don't really mean what I'm saying. So I feel like ultimately there should be a balance. There should be grace. Exactly. But people should just be honest with themselves and their audience about this is why I'm making music. This is what I'm getting out of it. This is my goal for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and in areas where scripture isn't clear, um, we need to be honest about that. And it's like yeah. the scriptures don't say well, if you want to be an artist, this is how you do yeah, it. Yeah. So there's there's principles that we try our best to live out, but we have to just be careful to not swing the pendulum, like you said, and we need to be balanced. And so that's what I try to do. I own a label, I have four artists signed, and oh, some wow. of them are younger than me. I, I try to, but but all of us, we just happen to, well, no, one artist, she's a singer and she just kind of talks about her life and it really isn't as explicit Christian, but mm -hmm. the other three, my wife's an artist as well. Her name's Aisha Marie. She's been nominated as Woman Artist of the Year for I know that name. Last year, so maybe. <laughs> I'm almost positive I know that name. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm positive I know that name. Super dope. Yeah, so husband and wife, you know, rappers. But um, <laughs> yeah, we, um, you know, we, we have similar views. 
on music, but um, yeah, it's just cool to see the diversity. Um, I think things in Christian hip hop, the uh, pendulum has swung a little healthier than mm-hmm. it was maybe five to eight years ago. And like I said, when I came in, it was more of a time that um, there was an era where you took pride in making disciples. You took pride in knowing the word well. Uh, but then again, we didn't know as much about people's personal lives. Yeah, right. People didn't make as much. Um, it was a lot of proclamation music. We're proclaiming things, but not as much application music. Okay. Yeah. Now I know that the Trinity is essential for salvation. Okay, how does that I look? Like- when I talk to my mailman or something, or I know I have to love, uh, you know, I want to get married one day, but I'm single right now. Well, let me make a song about the struggle of still being single or like dating hell in the hallway, right? That didn't, mm-hmm. a song like that didn't, a brother goes through a divorce and make, oh, album talking about it. So, so it, it, it's grown in many ways and you still have the people holding it down, like, you know, with the explicit GOMs, ambassadors mm-hmm. back, got, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, KB, you know, and then you got the guys who are kind of in the middle now, Lecrae, Andy, and then you got uh, other guys who just want to have uh, fun from what I see of maybe a Paris Careers type or mm-hmm. uh, AHA Gazelle. You yeah. know, and then I actually like um, a couple young guys. I like Hovey. I like a lot of his stuff. Um, I like... You got uh, a, good heart, a good heart. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the... Uh, God taught me Zanti. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Dude, Jesus called my name. That dude was fire, bro. <laughs> and my, my wife thought it was like a 45-year-old Latino dude. And I'm like, no, nah, that's Zanti. He's like, what? <laughs> like, that song, Jesus called my name. Because yeah, if you listen, he does kind of sound pretty mature. Like, yeah. if you really listen to it. And you, do, you didn't see the video. And right. just heard it on the radio. You know, so... Um, so yeah, I, I just try to show love people, man. To people, man. You know, I have my convictions. I, I do stand firm, but you know, I've learned to um, just try to love people well and, and be honest about the scriptures. And honestly, so many people have fallen away over the years. It's gotten so sad that it's almost like, man, praise God, you still proclaiming Christ. That's just, yeah, it's just honestly, walking right? out. The <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know. Again, I'll have my convictions, but man, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's been interesting. No, I agree. So let's see. You've you say that you have a, a label. What's the label called? Yeah, the label is called Verbal Renaissance. Verbal. Wow, that's Renaissance. a dope name. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. So you it, say man. you have four four artists. What made you want to go the route of? Because so a label is one of those things in theory where it like I've talked about like in theory if I could sign somebody or I was in the position to I'd sign this person, but then I actually think about how what it would take to run a label and it seems so stressful having like another person's career kind of in your hands and like it just seems like a lot so what made you want to want to do that yeah yeah so i've been signed to two labels myself and i also have a production company llc and it's funny because you know i am new to you but i'm known by many but Mm -hmm. i'm not an a-list christian rapper but i've done some of the big festivals like i've i've performed in kenya in front of a hundred thousand people i've done a big bobby jones gospel some of the gospel arena tbn um, I've done the Holy Hip Hop Awards, which mm-hmm. is punk, but they used to do that in Atlanta. Mace came one year. I've done wow. the, uh, <laughs> the yeah, and he apologized because he's like, I'm sorry. I, I said, because uh, he had a Uh-oh. book and he said, God couldn't use rap. And then he came in, he's like, I see what has went on here and I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. That was before Welcome Back and all that mm-hmm. confusing stuff that you've done <laughs> since. But um, then you have, um, I've done the Heaven Fest in Denver, which was Red Hammond and P.O.D. Mm. KJ52. I see you did a. I love KJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did. You did a collab, right? You ended mm. up 
on one of his albums. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I have, I've had songs with six figure views, you know, on, on Facebook and other places. So I've experienced, you know, I've opened up for even big name second artists, Ace Hood, Pretty Rick, mm. plus Cross Movement and, and, and uh, you know, uh, done shows with Brian Trejo just in the summer and stuff like that. So everyone's not going to be a household name. And mm. we have to be okay with that. Like God yeah. controls how far music goes and what are you in it for? Um, but I have been able to pay bills through music. I have traveled the world. I've, I make good money doing a lot of stuff. So is my wife. She just got a placement in an Apple TV show that's ran by Hillary and Chelsea Clinton. And we're like, do you hear what this song is about? Well, praise <laughs> God. Because yeah, uh, y'all ain't on that. So um, running a label, because I've been signed, it's like, I believe it's a God-given thing to have the capacity to um, put out your own stuff and to help guide a career of another artist. You know, mm -hmm. And I produce. So the, we're, we're putting out a, a label album um, and I produce every record out there, you know, Dope. but it takes a certain capacity to say, I'm going to write songs. I'm going to make beats. I'm going to uh, push you in this way to get your branding right and tell you about uh, getting your publishing and starting to ask at BMI and you mm -hmm. should have, a but I think it's a God given capacity, like for Lecrae to do what he does and Bizzle and some of these guys to, keep your career going, keep yeah. music consistently coming out, and you are you have a schedule, and you have A&R, and this and that, so it can be a lot, it's not for everybody. But, uh, sure. yeah. I think that's something I'd want to do someday, whenever I'm, like, done with myself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need my, like, I'm done with music, now I'm gonna help you guys. I think the idea of just kind of passing it forward and kind of pushing the next generation, I mean, that's the only way we keep music alive. Yeah, I'm um, the type of dude that's never gonna retire. Like I'm gonna be eighty right. rapping. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be eighty. I'm gonna be like Rakim and some of these guys, Cool G rap, right. putting stuff out at sixty. I love it. Let's see. So how do you feel about since you've been around for a while, what is your and you kinda hinted on it, but what is your stance on how Christian hip hop is now compared to how it was maybe 20 years ago. Do you feel like because there was a lot of different opinions? There's the CHH is dead conversations that happen online every couple of months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's different. Nobody actually believes in God anymore. They're just using it as a platform, or yeah. uh, it's too. It sounds too much like the world, etc. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Comparing it to how it used to be. Yeah, everyone you know has the right to their you know own opinion or whatnot. But I think. Um, you know, I think it's in a, a pretty good place. It's not in the best place I've seen. I mm -hmm. think, in my opinion, the, the golden era was around maybe 2003 to maybe 2010, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. Um, but I think it's cool to see multiple generations involved. Mm -hmm. And if you, you want the explicit theological, there, there's some of that. I do some of that. Shout out to my guy, Regenerate. He's on my label. Mm -hmm. My wife, Aisha. Um, you do have ambassadors back. You have KB doing his thing. Um, and then you have the fun music. You know what I'm saying? You got someone like you from, I've heard a little of your music. It seems like it's a mixture. There's Christ in there and there's fun. It's not just yeah. like, ah, no Christ at all. And it's not, you know, a theological soliloquy either. But I haven't heard that much of your stuff. Um, you got, you know, yeah, younger people. I see Kingdom Music. They got like little 12-year-old kids doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, six-year-olds, it seems like, you know, and then you got um, some of the older guys, uh, 
you know, like I, uh, Corey Red and Precise. Uh, mm-hmm. You ever heard of them? They're still putting out stuff. They got to be in their fifties. Right. And so, um, so I actually like where things are. Um, yeah, I, you know, am I in the the, the super trendy, trappy, no message stuff? <laughs> no, nah, not really. Um, you know, what I'm saying, um, but uh, again, if if it doesn't come against the gospel and against the things of God, I can show some grace for that. And I mm-hmm. think that's where we got to grow. We got to yeah, be able to yeah. say, that's not what I do, but I'm not going to say that's trash either. I'm going to say, yeah. hey, man, if they're glorifying God, there's fruit coming out of it. Even if Christ ain't in every uh, sentence, man, if I if I know they're walking, they're, they're not bringing shame to Christ, then I could rock with them. Doesn't mean right. I'm bumping you or, you know, getting you on my playlist. And then this, the other way, hey, if they're talking about hell and, and seeing every song and they're making whole concept albums about super lapsarianism and some crazy big theological concept. Praise God for that, man. Mm-hmm. I don't do that, but I rock with y'all. Like we got to come together and be able to say, yeah. even if I don't do it the way you do, you're still in the body of Christ. And, um, now some are not in the body of Christ. Now there's yeah. some heresy going on and we got to stand firm against that. But I do think we have to come to a place where we don't get legalistic and force everyone that they have to do how I do. And because I've rocked with that mindset. I've been able to show love and kind of be in many different worlds. Yeah, no, I completely agree because I feel like CHH is almost trying to like kill itself by being like, everybody's got to be like this or because every few months, an artist who was CHH for a while is like, peace, I'm out of here. And people are always instead of writing a questioning, break- breakup letter with CHA. Yeah, right. And why instead don't of you people, just leave, man? Why you gotta? Well, <laughs> well and, and I agree with that. But I feel like instead of whenever that happens, the conversation is always like, "Oh, you know, I." It's negative towards that person for leaving. But it's never like, I wonder if there's anything we did that made it a, like easier for them to leave. Like maybe yeah. being like, "You don't do this the exact way." Like I'll, we just talked about uh, Paris Cariz. He's a good example. He is not he's definitely a christian you can tell that in his music there are probably some songs that are more so fun and vibey or just him rapping well if somebody were to hear one of those songs and be like you're not really a christian rapper you're not you didn't mention christ enough in this song you didn't sound like how it used to sound and then he hears that enough he might be like you know what i'm i'm cool like i'm still gonna be a christian and make music but i don't really want to be over there I've, that happens and so I feel like instead of just being accepting and being like that's not exactly what I rock with or my sound or how I do it but he still believes in Christ he's making that known both in yeah. and out of his music people other Christians are listening to this it's helping them it's maybe somebody who wasn't a Christian is hearing it and being like oh he's a Christian like there's positive that can come out of it that you might not see yeah. but instead of if you if you kill him off as a CHH artist and he's like I, I'm out of here you just killed all the potential for him to be able to make it grow so yeah, I, I like agree with you. Like gotta, we should, like we should ask the questions. Like, hey, what's going on? And have concern. I guess my angle was more. It's like so often they like make it public, where yeah. like almost it becomes a cool thing to do. Like, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. It. It's yeah. like, well, why don't you just go quietly and then yeah. do your thing? Like, it's almost like let let me take some clout that I've gained here and then bring bring it over there with me. You know. So, no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So. Completely agree. Let's see, we're about to wind down. I'm trying to think of it. I used to end by asking, um, I guess I could still ask this. How did the pandemic affect you as an artist? I used to ask that more when we were still in it. I'm like, how are you doing right now? 
are you because this show was born out of the pandemic now that i think about it it started like right when it began because everybody was inside um we're based i guess we're basically out of it but like how did that affect you as with all the different things you do yeah man so that's when i actually did the paperwork to start my two llc so i have a label and a production company and so i have uh, five albums out in the EP, but I have even before that a few, you know, demos when we what we called them back then. You know, you do it mm-hmm. two the song thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, well, no CD, no tapes. I'm not that old, but um, so there, there you know, there were there were CDs and, and different things. Um, three songs here, two songs there. So I mean, in all, I probably had like seven, eight projects or something like that. And so, um, and then I've done a lot of production, a lot of guest work. I've even played drums on some gospel live recordings and stuff like that. Um, but with the pandemic, it gave me time to um, put the paperwork together for my LLC. Thankfully, my uncle's a lawyer in New York, so he was oh, schooling wow. me on all the legalities. So shout out to you, Uncle Tony. That was very <laughs> helpful. Um, and um, yeah, I wasn't doing too many shows like most people. I'm not really a touring artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done shows and, and, and done little short legs. And oh yeah, shout out um, North Carolina. There was a church that brought me out to Pineville for like three Ooh. years in a row. Yeah, nice. Charlotte. Uh, Champion Kingdom Center. Yeah, it used to be Champion Christian Center. And um, it was pretty cool. They 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 flew me out, hotel. They put me in that. I performed at a skating rink. I don't know which one. Um, at their church, we do outside stuff. Um, then I preached to the youth on Tuesday. And that's uh, Pastor Stacy LeMay, Dr. Stacy and Danae LeMay, still cool with them. Anyway, um, yeah, so with the pandemic, I kind of continued to uh, make music. It, it gave me time to study to where I started recording from home. So that was another benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught my wife how to record herself uh, from home as well, because I want to stay married. And I'm like, my wife's more of a perfectionist <laughs> than me, and I'm not going to be you did a good take. No, race. I want to do it again. Right. Right. This is how you record yourself. So you can go record yourself. Right. And I don't have to sit here and try to engineer you because that's not anything. I want anything. Yeah. I like production, make the beats, and then I'll record myself and send it off. I, yeah, I don't exactly. want to be mixing your stuff and this and that. Praise God for the engineers. Like, they got to hear some <laughs> whack stuff, and I don't know how they do it. So anyway, so yeah, so recording myself, um, got more skilled in that during the pandemic, put the label together. And then I've always been an entrepreneur, so I never just did music. I, um, As far as an artist, I, I producing, uh, maybe playing drums here, doing live sessions, um, associate pastor at my church for like five, six years. So that was my main income. And then music was uh, coming along with it. So yeah, I was never just a full-time artist alone. I was, I was like a full-time minister, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it was like a combination of preaching, shepherding, discipleship and music beats rapping you know and my mom always said don't put all your eggs in one basket plus i'm yeah. Jamaican, and to be jamaican you have to have at least eight jobs <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> yeah well super dope bro i um i almost forgot because um uh, we've mentioned it off off camera um justin martyr is your name why is that your name and what was your did you have a name before that was this yeah. your yeah so uh yeah great question so my uh, government name is Justin Francis. So I always wanted a stage name that just incorporated my real name. So yeah. originally, my name was Justin Credible. Justin Dash Credible. So it was like a wordplay, Justin. I like that. And so um, when I came out with that, and I have 
music videos from 2007, six. I can prove I was the first one with that me. Right. A lot of cats started Uh-oh. copying that, and you know I have the timestamps. I've been at a wrestler had that name, then a magician, oh, no. <laughs> then then I would do shows and on the program, like dummies. These people would put J U S T, incredible. So it totally made me look prideful. And it's like, if it's Justin Dash credible, you'll see, oh, it's a cool wordplay. But when you just see just, J-U-S-T, I, and then I and two different words, you say, oh, who's this uh, prideful bozo up here with that name? <laughs> so that was bad. Then um, a lot of the higher theological academic circles I started to come in contact with, they were more serious about names and all that. Like I was in a more you know, word of faith, prosperity, Pentecostal world where it was just, oh, a great name. But then when I came right. in for a uh, reformed Baptist uh, Presbyterian world where they took theology more serious, a lot of kids, yo, that's kind of prideful, man. I don't know mm-hmm. about that. So eventually I was able to get the number and get close with my hero in the faith, William Branch Deuce, AKA the ambassador. Mm-hmm. He was like, I was like, man, I'm thinking of changing my name. And, you know, Justin Martyr. He's like, yeah, man, we need more martyrs. And I was like, dad, man. And then there's a church father named Justin Martyr who's credited with uh, basically creating apologetics, which is Mm. the defense of the faith. Um, He wrote a a dialogue with a guy named Trifo where he was defending the faith. Um, So there's that. And then I, when I went to Bible college, Moody Bible Institute, shout out to you, Chicago, and Moody Seminary, I learned Greek, Koine Greek. And so uh, the original word for martyr comes from martus or martureus, which Jesus used in Matthew, uh, Acts chapter one, verse eight, sorry, where he said, and you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So the original meaning for a martyr is a witness. And then it later came to mean someone who died for their faith. So I mainly mean it as I'm just in the witness who's willing to die for my faith, but I ain't running into no, uh, persecution. Now if it comes, God will give me the grace, but I'm not asking for it or bringing it myself. But so, that's basically what the, what the name is. Super dope name. And yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that. So it's probably a good a good teaching point to go. We're all martyrs. We, <laughs> I rock with it. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. This has been dope. I, You know what? I might need to um, I might need to interview more people who I'm not familiar with. Just because being not familiar means you can learn more. I've definitely learned a lot. Um, tell the people where they can find your music, where they can rock with you, where they can speak to you, hit you up, any of that. Yeah, man. So I'm on most of the platforms, basically all of them, except my label has a TikTok. I don't have a personal TikTok, mm. but website, justamartyr305.com, because, you know, I represent that Dade County, 305, <laughs> Trey Pound, Dade County, Florida, Miami. Um, Justin Martyr 305, at Justin Martyr 305 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, justinmartyr305.com, website, at Justin Martyr 305 on YouTube. And uh, yeah, hit me up. We got, uh, you know, I have multiple albums out. Uh, recent uh, music video called Cold Streets with Three, where we're actually rapping about, um, we're giving three different perspectives of gang and street life in Chicago. So the first perspective is me as an outsider, never been in gangs, two parent home, pretty wealthy, easy life. Next perspective is three, who was formerly signed under Infantry, uh, Eastside's uh, former label. He was saved out of a historic Chicago gang. And he's rapping about how he came out of that. And the last perspective is a young man. I used to work at a nonprofit in Chicago who he's currently still in the game. 
been shot over mm. 10 times and survived. Wow. Yeah, he's been shot about 12 times and he's talking at the end just about what it's like. And I have a whole interlude um, and we put captions up and I'm like, yo, if you were to talk to CNN, Fox News or whoever, what it's actually like to be in this life. And just talk and it was powerful. And wow. um, and then we have a, a label album. We don't have a date. We're getting some songs mixed and mastered, but that's Verbal Renaissance, which is Justin Martyr, Aisha Marie, Regenerate, and Rashonda. And so, uh, yeah, got some shows coming up. And hopefully we put a tour together, but I appreciate you, brother, your yeah, encouragement, man. man. Just seeing a, a guy in the younger generation even start a show like this is pretty mm-hmm. cool, man. I, I don't think that's too common. It's usually the older heads that might put a show together right well, i appreciate you being on man yeah I, i'm probably gonna you sold me on that uh that music video i love three by the way uh, rest in peace to i guess rest in peace to infantry because i guess yeah they're, they're done but um i also got to finish listening to ishan's new project but um so i always got to end every episode shouting out daryl from bookkeeper because he's the reason we even have this show we i first met him in 20 17 18 just submitted music to him as a new brand new artist um we developed a relationship later on i was like yo man i want to start interviewing artists and we've been working together doing this show for two years now so shout out to you daryl love you man yeah real quick a a question for you yeah what what gave you the uh, mindset to even reach out to outlets because like when i came out that wasn't as much of a thing you know early 2000s the outlets were just starting and I, they would only really cover the really big names and maybe mm. there was a way to submit, but it just wasn't, you know, you didn't think of marketing. So what gave you that mindset to come out very early and already be submitting? Yeah. So I didn't even, like I said, I was making music. I had like a project or two that came out before I even knew Christian hip hop was a thing. And the reason I found out it was a thing is because of Rapzilla. Uh, my mentor at the time was like, have you heard of, this site and there's some artists on there and I like looked it up and I was like there's a whole space for basically what I do so I started off with sending stuff emailing stuff to Rapzilla and let's just say I wasn't really ready yet like I wasn't I was still finding myself as an artist I still was it it wasn't very good when I first started it sounded like a, a, a newer person so I would get responses from them saying like hey basically like we're gonna decline nothing rude or anything but just kind of like you know try uh you know submitting later and so i was like oh man but like maybe there's other christian sites that i could kind of submit to so i would just look up like christian hip-hop sites and i found bookkeeper 247 was one of the first ones and i looked and he would it seemed that he was posting a lot more younger guys guys who were a little more starting out so i and he had like an email process so i sent it to him and he was like yo man this is i don't even i have to go back and find our old emails they'd probably be in my old college email account he was like really nice and saying like yeah i'm gonna post you it'll be up. i was like someone's posting me this is great so i just started looking up christian hip-hop blogs and stuff and i'm really glad i did that because when i met more people around my age that were doing it in this space it sounded like most only knew about rapzilla and it was like if they don't post you then no one like there's no one to post you and i was like no nah, i've made relationships with some of these like they're smaller websites but like they genuinely seem to care about me as an artist and like i've known daryl now for like four or five years we got like a real relationship um so i just thought that was the way you did it back then i was like i make this christian music and there's sites out there so during my downtime in class in college i'll just forward my all my new album mp3s to every blog i could possibly find and yeah, that was just wisdom man because yeah and at one point 
Um, Holy Culture was even bigger than Rapzilla. Um, you had mm-hmm. some of the, the South.com. You had, mm-hmm. yeah, some other joints. Um, it was like Jam the Hype. Yeah, and Jam the Hype. Him. Yeah. Yeah, you had um, Third Coast Fire, I think. Mm-hmm. One, you know, and, um, so, yeah, man, I've seen a lot of things come and go. And then, you know, I was blessed to have early success, like, my first out of the country show. I was 16 in the Bahamas. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I know some people haven't heard of me, but many have. So I kind of just like, again, why am I doing this? I want to glorify God. I want to have fun. And mm-hmm. God's going to take it places I never would have thought. Now, yeah, where there's some songs, I'm, oh, yeah, it's going viral, boy. I already right? know. Man, <laughs> okay. 20,000 20, views or, or 500 or whatever. You know, you got to. You got to check your heart. And then I, I think something else, credit to a lot of the bigger names, the Andes, the, the Craze, the KB, some of these guys. Um, They've been honest at some of the ugly parts of the mm. notoriety and fame. And, you know, uh, as I've gotten bigger into social media, like more comments that critique you. I've had people yeah, I make videos against me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> mostly cults and stuff. But I've had showdowns with them because I do street preaching as well. And um, so it's like, wow, this is what this feels like to yeah, I would make a that. graphic against you. I'm like, oh man, I made, I made it, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's how you yeah. know when somebody makes a whole video. Yeah, one one wow. of them was over three hours. It's, that's crazy. And to my lyrics and stuff, it was uh, some Hebrew Israelites coming against me. Right. Like probably eight different, ten videos against me, different camps. So I was like, well, praise God, man. Yeah, I have no, I have no wish to be famous, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. There's a post that are like, would you rather uh, be famous or have like the money and not famous no money? I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I'm cool without the fame. Actually, yeah. that would be like a punishment to me. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man. So this has been a great conversation. I almost forgot I was wearing this. This is one of my biggest supporters. He, he genuinely might be my biggest fan, um, uh-huh. if not top two. His name is Luis Padilla, oh. and he started a shirt company. He's I think he's going to get more designs, but he's got this rooted in Christ shirt with the uh obviously the, the cross is the t and it's rooted and i was like you gotta you gotta send me this <laughs> you gotta send me this so i said i wear it um so i'm wearing it on my first episode of this i might wear it at, for all my interviews moving forward so shout out to you louise shout out to again bookkeeper i really appreciate you for yeah shout out to you bookkeeper brother yeah man he's a really good dude um but yeah i appreciate you man and we're gonna we're gonna keep these interviews going maybe more often that you actually got me out of a hiatus kind of i hadn't done one in a while so i had to get my mind back into it but i appreciate you this has been a great great uh interview man yeah yeah it's been a great time bro salute to you man blessings favor on all your music all your endeavors man i appreciate that man i'll see you guys next time i appreciate you like and subscribe if you haven't again shout out to bookkeeper and praise you Younger, I would say, like, you know how we all go through this identity crisis type thing when we're younger? That's good. Like, yeah, kind of. Like, you you don't want to be, like, the... friends, any friends. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so in... Do wonders, like, AI anomalies. Her... I know that, right? Saga, who was on, on, on St. Beats. You're definitely more lyrical, so, like, you're not... I actually knew a guy in Miami that he was going to the same And I tweeted, like, last week that someday I'm going to have a song with him. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, so. <laughs>